today's podcast is, I would say, influenced or you know motivated by a case I was doing recently with a client discussing the deregulation of the insurance sector in an Asian country. So it's a very interesting case. It's a case I actually worked on when I was a consultant. So I have a pretty intimate understanding of the sector. Um, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in insurance by any measure, but particularly in this country and the issues and how insurance evolved, I, I know it very well. So I think the the issue here was that the insurance sector was deregulating, and the client, which was not, um, which was not government owned, but actually the government had an equity stake, was the majority was the dominant player. And the way that government had set up insurance in this country is they had five to six companies that they allowed to provide insurance to in the market, and the government had an equity stake in each of them. And the government had set it up such that each company specialized in different areas and their market shares were kept relatively stable. You know, they weren't allowed to go all out competition to, to steal market share and see which could survive. Basically, it was stability. And due to the financial uh, crisis, and this was obviously the financial crisis of 1997 in Asia, not the 2008 financial crisis, um, the, mar- the government no longer had cash on hand and they needed to sell the equity stakes. And they'd sold the equity stakes, or at least they were trying to sell the equity stakes, but buyers would only be willing to take the equity stakes and take control of these insurance companies if the market was deregulated, right? Otherwise, they would be working in a market that was too heavily constricted. So the government decided to deregulate the market, and deregulation meant that competition would be allowed. Um, Insurance companies could now naturally operate in any sector in which they wanted to, provided they met the capital reserve requirements uh, that were needed. Um, Subsidies for these companies would be removed, basically dismantled, and some companies would have to exit some categories where there would be too much risk. Because basically what that meant is that when the government was the equity investor, the government served as a backstop. So if anything went wrong, people knew that the government would step in, but if the government's moving out, with the government not being the guarantor, some of the risks to which these companies were exposed to would be too significant. And basically the case looked at how the client, the largest company, must respond to this situation. So it's a basic, it's a classic deregulation case, not not difficult, right? If you've done deregulation cases, this is you know bread and butter for you. And the, I think the candidate, handle, candidate handled this well. He realized the big issues here was, you know, the client was, wh- as we were discussing it, we, he realized the candidate was most worried about their loss in uh, profitability and how that would impact them. And he built, I think, a very clever, elegant, very unusual profitability tree to analyze the problem. And he was going through the analysis and so on, right? But one of the things I pointed out to him as we're in about 15 minutes into the case and I pointed out to them, why is it you've never asked me anything about the competitors, the market, and the customers? And he said, well, the reason I haven't asked you anything about it because the way I say it is that when I look at revenue streams and I keep on breaking it down, when I get to about the you know, sixth part of my, sixth level of my decision tree, then I will look at customers. Uh, competitors, I'm also going to look at it when I look at products. And the market, I'm assuming that the market's not important because all of the points that uh, impact this company were raised in terms of what would happen, the four things that would happen during deregulation, like selling off some businesses and so on. And I thought about that for a second. Now, obviously the candidate hadn't watched the videos we've given him, which indicated very clearly this was not true. And the point I'm trying to make here with many candidates is that whenever you're dealing with a business problem, you're always dealing with four things. You can arrange this whichever way you want. I'm not worried about it, but you must cover them. You have to cover customers. Businesses exist to serve customers. It doesn't matter how great your analysis is of the company's balance sheet. If you don't understand the company, if you don't understand the customers, you have no clue where this company is going. 
you must understand competitors. Competitor dynamics or even a lack of a competitor dynamic will impact how this company will respond in the market, how, how this company will use its resources and how it will serve customers. And finally, the market itself is macroeconomic issues, legislative issues, political issues, technological issues, what's happening in the insurance market and so on. And particularly in a case where we are dealing with a countrywide impact, you have to look at markets competitors and customers. I can understand if this was a case whereby we're trying to turn around a single French restaurant in Toronto. If you're trying to just turn around a single French restaurant in Toronto, yes, you've got to look at customers, but your customer analysis is not going to be excessive. It's going to be, you know, isolated to just the people in the block or in the neighborhood of the restaurant. Competitors also proximity-based. You're going to look at the competitors around you and the market in terms of what's happening in the market in terms of, you know, purchasing power of consumers, inflation, the economic crisis, and so on. So clearly, when you're analyzing a restaurant, a tiny little business, you will look at those things, right? And you look at the restaurant's operation. So for the life of me, I can never understand why when candidates look at these broader, much more far-reaching cases impacting a national country, while they build out these very elegant frameworks, they kind of miss the obvious things. And the reason why I was not happy that he would analyze customers, you know, six levels down when he's analyzing revenue is because how does he know some of the insights from customers are not important to know up front, which would impact revenue, right? That's the point I'm trying to raise. You should always ask questions about the customer, the market, and competitors before you go into analyzing the company's income statement and balance sheet. Well, not balance sheet. You're never going to analyze the balance sheet in a case, but at least the income statement and break it down by revenue minus costs and so on. So when you're doing these broader cases, any case, always make sure that you consider customers, markets, and competitors. In fact, even today, I mean, before I did this podcast, I was preparing for a meeting in the hotel with a client. Uh, actually, happens to be a financial services client, um, and is the uh, CTO of one of the largest banks in Central Asia. And I actually put. I was talking through how we think he needs to analyze a problem. And at the bottom of the sheet, I remember putting CMC in tiny letters because these are three points I need to cover with him. Even though the problem doesn't call for it, I mean, we're looking at how the bank needs to roll out a new telecommunication strategy, right? Basically, how they can merge the technology needed for microfinance with the technology needed for retail banking. It's quite complex to do that if you think about it because both markets require very different things. And while I know the discussion in his case is going to you know, sit on technological requirements and the challenges he's facing internally, I do understand that overall the reason why the company is doing this is to serve customers better. So the discussion has to center around customers, what customers need, what customers want, right? Beyond that, what are competitors offering, right? Because a company, the client needs to position itself between what customers, what competitors are offering and what customers want, right? It has to be ahead of competitors, so it needs to be between competitors and customers. And finally, where the market is going. I mean, the market is not fully deregulated. It's not it doesn't have deep capital markets. Inflation is a huge problem. Standard of living problems are deep. Internet penetration is a huge issue. So the normal kind of technology you find in Mexico and so on for microfinance is not going to work in this country. We need to understand those things. But if you simply focus too heavily right on the framework that perfectly fits the answer you're going to miss out important considerations and i call customers markets and competitors important considerations in any case you have to consider those three things no matter how the case looks i mean 
The case could be something that totally doesn't call for it. It could be something about a steel factory and its productivity problems. I would still want to understand something about the customers, the markets, and the competitors. Those are important considerations that drive the decisions you make. If you're making a business decision without taking into consideration these three things, whether you're a consultant or whether you're in business, you're making a bad business decision. And obviously the way you analyze it is different. Uh, that's for a different podcast. But you at least have to ask questions and understand what do customers want? What do they need? Who are the competitors? Do they, you know, what is the quality of their service relative to us and relative to what customers want? And finally, what is the market dynamics? You know, is the market growing? Is it weak? What's the macroeconomic situation, uh, political situation, and so on? It's a very uh, simple thing, I think, but many people leave it out. And I would say that when you're dealing with cases where the company is very large and has an impact across the economy, Obviously, these considerations are even more important. But if you're dealing with like a baseball stadium or like a hot dog stand or a lemonade stand, you know, they're important, but within context, obviously. So hopefully, that's a good piece of advice to keep in mind when you do cases. And um, I would recommend that if you're not sure how to analyze or ask questions about the competitors and markets and so on, please post a comment and I'll be happy to guide you.